because <laughs> Sony had their Dishonored PS4 reveal today. Uh, Wait, Jake, you've, haven't you been playing Journey on the Dishonored PS4? It's like you, it's very similar to your Earth PS3. It's, <laughs> it's in fact hardware compatible with your world's PlayStation 3. I don't know if, if we're one model ahead or behind a Dishonored world, but our PlayStation 4 plays Journey for sure. February 20th, 2013, and The Room is Not Actually on Steam. And this is Idle Thumbs 95. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Sean Vanneman. I was hoping you were going to say you were sorry, Chris. Oh, I am sorry. Yeah. Chris. That's <laughs> <laughs> for all the people who have trouble distinguishing us. <laughs> oh, you're I'm sorry, Chris, today. I see. <laughs> I, Chris, am sorry. Yeah. That's good, Sean. Oh, God. I'm Nick Brecken. Oh, sorry. Sometimes I get your voices confused. Oh, that's fine. And your no, you're not going to get as confused this week because I have a frog. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and my friend is here. Yeah. No, when you, well, it's funny when you got in. So you saw, I mean, you saw, you can tell you're sick now, but when you, when Sean walked in the room and I was sitting here, he was like, hello. <laughs> it was fucking crazy. I'm like, I, in my, you know, in my brain. I, Who is this guy? Who is this like, strange man in this here? This going to be a crazy podcast because you seriously sounded like a little no, frog. I played through journey I mean, this no it's warm it's warmed up a little bit <laughs> yeah no you it, sound like an actual human now you sounded fucked up before yeah well I'm, we should have gotten some of that on tape god damn it well why maybe it'll we, devolve here readers make your ears bleed by I've been sitting here not disgusting horror really funny by the second half yeah, it was we'll, a lot of it was hilarious it was oh it's i just have to carry it i just have to keep it all inside uh-huh. like i want to cough and isn't that always the way? Yeah, it's really tough though. Yeah. Well, you've you've been dreaming though, right? You've had some. Oh fever my dreams. god! <laughs> so Jake, I, I I started to tell Chris this, and I realized I shouldn't. Get, I haven't told you this. I had this fucking fever dream. Did it involve Jay Allard? Close. Good. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> ask. Who? He's like, good. It's close. That's fine. <laughs> That's, That's all I need. <laughs> no. Well, what's going on? <laughs> so, as you know, I've been bedridden for like four days. And uh, I kept having, I had a reoccurring nightmare about Gabe Newell. <laughs> Wait, you didn't, you didn't say it was a nightmare. <laughs> oh, oh, you know what? I didn't, I don't, I probably don't need to define it as a nightmare once I tell you the details. So, so yeah, in this dream, Gabe Newell's right arm uh Okay. Wasn't a full arm. <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah, it, it came to a it came to a, an end at the elbow. Was there like a, a like robot arm or anything on there? Close. Worse. It had a it had a mental it had a metal pincer at the end. Okay. Like a I don't even almost like a, like a claw machine pincer. Yeah, right. Yeah. But then that pincer <laughs> was then holding like somebody else's cut off bloated arm. <laughs> oh, you didn't. 
tell me that. I know. He told me to stop so I could tell my story. And he demanded to shake hands with me whenever I'd see him. He's like, oh, yeah, Sean. Yeah, I don't know, from Delta. Oh, you're friends with Adrian, right? And then he would, like, come. What are the circumstances under which you kept meeting him? In, like, weird, like, tiny house parties. <laughs> like, one was at Josh. I was hoping you'd so, you know, Josh and Lisa houses. are friends in San yeah. Francisco. Yes. One was at their <laughs> fever dream apartment, which was the size of our office. And they had a bed pressed up against the wall so they could throw their party. Like, like it was a, like a studio, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Gabe and Noel was there. And and Gabe, and he kept, he kept, he's like, he's like, shake, shake my hand. And I was like, Gabe, I can't do that. And so he kept making me grab it. And then he would like, like the, just the severed arm he was holding. The severed arm that he was holding in yeah. the pincer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like cold and bloated because it was dead. Yeah. God, you're predicting Left 4 Dead 3. It was so fucking horrible. And then, because he kept like recognizing, because like I think it's just because I've seen Gabe. <laughs> over, oh, shut I think it's because I've just seen Gabe Noel a lot lately, like more in my right. life in the past six weeks than I've seen him ever. Right, I've never met the man actually personally. <laughs> yeah, it was fucked up. <laughs> I was having a lot of bad like video game industry dreams. <laughs> Weird. It was really. That's bad. the best one though, probably. Oh, that's the, the really. apex, yeah, yeah. Of, of it. Shot, hello. <laughs> no, because he had like he had a Gabe regular voice. Oh, so he's just yeah, yeah. No, he's clearly but he, confident kind of yeah. Gabe Newell. But, but just like the arm was horrible. big; it was like the size of a leg. <laughs> it was so it weird. Wasn't, and, like, it wasn't Samuel Jackson's severed arm. No, no, no. It was Caucasian. <laughs> it's disappointing. Yeah. I know that would only would have brought the the dream full circle. Full circle to what? Idle thumb. <laughs> oh, okay. but then guys, get this. It was Samuel L. Jackson's arm. It all fits. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh you're like, yeah, I was you know what pisses for four me days off? in your it room. It pisses me off just... that Sean Elliott can open a podcast with a good story about a booty clapper, and all I have is fucking weird cut off Gabe Newell pincer hand <laughs> arm. Like, it really pisses me off. Well, if that also involved a booty clapper, maybe you would have one-upped him. No. Would have been a really horrible, weird dream, though, if that... <laughs> If it had been yeah. you, Gabe Newell, that pincer arm and a booty clapper, we would have been, would have been in a Gabe bad Newell place. triggering the booty clapper with the snapping of his horrific <laughs> his pincer? clasping pincer. Sean, shake my hand. It was Lying so weird. It was a, it were day parties, too. That was the weirdest dr- part of the dream. They were well, like whatever. afternoon. Oh, that's definitely the weirdest part of the dream. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> because it, it was daytime. Okay. Oh, also, it, Gabe Newell had a pincher hand, yeah. and then there was another hand attached to it. So Yeah, but it was during the day, though. It's a weird party, man. It was very strange. It was a weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Do we want to talk about SimCity some more? I do. Is it going to be on the PS4? <laughs> nice. I don't think so. I don't know. PS4 is coming out, I guess. This is, you're going to know all about it before this podcast Yeah, by the time out. this podcast comes out, all of the real details are probably right. going to be out there. So we can only talk about the bullshit. Or everyone will be really disappointed in hearing the like 2013 Q3 Vita lineup. I mean, I, I imagine tomorrow's PS4 day, though, really. Yeah. <laughs> we have no idea. I think it's just worth pointing out that we're not talking about it, even though everybody's probably talking about yeah, it. Yeah, we're recording this, this before the PlayStation 4 is coming out. We're here in New York... Um, Ready to go to the event tomorrow morning. Oh, hey, there's Gabe Newell over there. Oh, there he is. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, we're, we're not actually uh, journalists in any way, so we have no knowledge of what's going on at the PlayStation 4, except what's on Kotaku. But I, so, oh, yeah, there was an interesting factoid you wanted to present. Well, just in that, excuse me, <laughs> this is all night, man. It's going to be bad. Just that um, they're paying, like, the, 
the online services you'll be paying for, mm-hmm. similar to Xbox. And mm-hmm. somebody in the comments has pointed out that like like Plus or like like Xbox Live like, okay. Gold, like to use this Just to use the multiplayer. Like this is yeah, the yeah. Sony regrets now making PSN free forever on the three. Right, right. It seems like. Um, and I mean, you know, that's not like actually confirmed. So that's just the rumor. But somebody in uh, the comments actually pointed out intelligently that I think like, are they just going to like basically console manufacturers is going to pretend that like PC and mobile gaming don't exist because those are just never barriers that are never going to have. Those are just barriers that are never going to exist on those platforms because of the just the diverse nature of the hardware. Yeah. What do you mean by that? You mean there's never well, going to be like, a, there's never going to be a, a barred subscribe wall to get to the content? No, there's not going to be like pay to have connected play with your friends friends list content on PC and and mobile. There is, is increasingly on PC, which is what's freaky, but right? Only on a per game basis. What do you mean? Right. It's not institutionalized. At I mean, the, I think it's less common than it used to be. Cuz like subscription based online games like MMOs and stuff. I mean, that's going away. It's more all free to play stuff now. Like, what are some examples? I guess, I guess that's true. It's well, Blizzard stuff. Uh, I guess, but I mean, they're the old school style of MMOs that's still. But even on. like StarCraft, you have to buy the game to play it online yeah. with your friends. There's yeah. not like a, you bought the game for sixty dollars and then you have to subscribe fifteen dollars a month to keep playing it online, yeah. right? Okay, it's, that's, it's I only guess that's World true. of Warcraft that works yeah. that way, and that's and that's just a traditional EverQuest style MMO. That's fair. I mean, I guess my expectation is more pessimistic, which is just the reason that it costs money is because the hardware manufacturers are putting up the bandwidth and user account infrastructure cost for it. Um, and valve does that for downloading an accounts on steam. But when it comes to actual multiplayer content, I wouldn't be surprised if at least for AAA stuff on PC, that stuff starts costing money. I don't think so. I think that, I think the reason we've seen fewer and fewer subscription based MMOs is because it's proven that people will actually end up spending more money through free to play. You think models. you think everything's just going to go free to play on PC, or move more towards that kind of like small transaction based thing. microtransactions are back apparently, and are now just how everything is. I mean, yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, which, which is Taylor's right again. <laughs> and it's funny because games games Update being software <laughs> is what makes them like uniquely suited to that, or at least easier to do in that way, right? Because if you look at other kinds of content, like. Um, Movies and TV, like video content and audio content, like music, it seems that that stuff really is, resolutely seems to be entirely moving towards just subscription-based stuff, where you right. just have this like multiplicity of small five to fifteen dollar monthly subscriptions that all stack on top of each other and allow you to access libraries of content. But even Xbox Live doesn't work that way. Like you still have to no. buy all those games. It, yeah, PlayStation Plus seems closer to that. Yeah, but, but it's, apparently they're but not. You could going never. With that you could never yeah. just have that as your way. To just what, whereas like I, for television, like I haven't paid for cable in a long ass time and I have Hulu Plus and Netflix and between those two, I I can watch pretty much anything on TV that I'm actually interested in and every once in a while, if it's like an HBO show or something, I'll buy the season. But like, you know, I can, I have access to like all the stuff that I would ever want through those subscriptions. Yeah, no, that's true. It's, it's funny this because like it is kind of this, so it is a risky bet, you know, it is sort of just saying... And I'm only kind of aware of that comment. That comment only resolu- like resonated with me just because I just recently got an iPad and I've actually been playing games on it. Mm-hmm. So I do kind of find it like a fulfilling platform, which is not something I would have thought would mm-hmm. have been true mm-hmm. like three months ago. So yeah, I mean, it, I can see like one PC game deciding, yeah, you're going to spend $5 a month or $10 a month or 
25 dollars a year. As a platform, it's yeah, it's never yeah, because then on you're PC just taking that you know you're taking that business risk as a, as one product, right? As yeah. as on one game, you're like, and if it doesn't work out, your game's not going to sell and you're going to be screwed. But the platform doesn't die. Whereas this sort of like drawing that line across the board for the entire platform is a little intense. Oh, for sure. But it's only it's only possible because those platforms are 100% fully owned. Of course. But, you know, like you, you, it would yeah. be impossible for anyone to institute that on PC because someone could just go somewhere else. I mean, it feels like the biggest mistake Sony made. Well, first off, Jake and I like downloaded and played a game on PSN this week, which was a nice little glimpse into how shitty that experience still is. But not shipping the PlayStation 3 with a headset was the dumbest thing anybody's ever done in a, on the hardware side in a long it time. like overstating a little bit. It's really fucking dumb. Yeah. It was so Microsoft's dumb. entire online culture is predicated by the system coming with a headset. Yeah. I just feel like they never built a community that way. They never let... It was never fun It also to communicates right out of the box. You have a controller and then you ha- you're like, what is this headset for? And the answer is you can play this game. You know, you can play yeah. against other people. Like, you yeah. have a... like. The thing true. that straps onto your face that explains mm-hmm. to you a major use point of the hardware. Those headsets were cheap. I mean, the ones that the Xbox comes with can't be. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, it's cheap. a few they're pennies per, yeah. per skew, well, which is expensive. Next but. generation, all that, there's going to be fucking Kinex and PlayStation Eyes and everything all yeah. packed into all those systems. Yeah, that's bananas to me. Cool, though. I mean, maybe. Speak at your television. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then it will misinterpret you. <laughs> I'm hoping that because it's just a default thing, people will get all of their obnoxious, dumb gimmicky shit out of the way and then it can just be a thing that like maybe you can implement a thing if you or want or they to. will make things that are exclusively gimmicky like connect party which is the best well no that's fine <laughs> that's if, if you're actually making your thing based around that but like just making your first person shooter where it's like oh but you can move your hands to reload the you gun. can say reload <laughs> like that's yeah. not a thing. you can say reload reload <laughs> reload there are games that do that yeah. reload it's horrible <laughs> i know it's the worst talking to your connect is a thing that i've never seen anyone do successfully permanently i've so, seen seven-year-olds do it really i don't i'm not successfully no that's what i mean, I mean <laughs> talk to your tv all you want but you just look like a hilarious oh, it's ridiculous. like dystopian comedy yeah. I mean, I kind of expect and this is not surprising that I would say this, but I mean, I these these systems are going to have to be super goddamn amazing for me just to from a actually pure hardware standpoint. To, even just like I don't just, know, I don't even know what I'm what standpoint I'm. You know what I mean? Like it's hard because as a PC gamer, like what it has to hit hardware wise and just fidelity. Right. And I don't even mean fidelity, right. Though, right? Like I just mean well, like because I don't. I mean, I, I guess theoretically they could make a thing that looks so incredible that I just couldn't resist. But just you mean just overall, just experientially, it has right. to be. Like, it has what, to like, do. It's right. hard for me to think. Like, there's no thing that's lacking in the way I play right. games that's right that's now. Good. That I'm like, you know what? I need to own yet another gaming system. It's a weird and amusing week, just also strictly from the fidelity standpoint, because Crisis Three also dropped this week, right? Mm. So it's Did just it? yeah. People I seem to say it's beautiful. I believe that Crisis Three exists now. Yeah, Crisis Three came out this week. Yeah, yeah but that. I don't know. I like that Crisis 3 shows up the same week as the PS4. It's a good right. It's It'll a good be interesting combo. to see just what like, those PS4 games look like. Yeah. Yeah. Because maybe everyone knows by the time you're hearing this. Probably. It's just, yeah. Traditionally, when a new console comes out, it always seems because of optimizations and just yeah. whatever, whatever, that the early sort of tech demos and launch titles are, they feel maybe half a step ahead of the current state of PC gaming. And then right, a year right, later, right. Just from a pure sort of fidelity standpoint, PC gaming has caught up Just and exceeded it. And yeah, at this yeah. point, obviously, the comparison between the PC version of something and the 360 version of something is just ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, the, this, this isn't on that exact topic, but just to, the, to my larger point of like there's going to have to be something really interesting about this stuff to make me 
actually care at all, like to the point that I'm going to spend hundreds of dollars. Um, and to that point, I remember seeing, a, I think it was the cover of Edge magazine, like, I don't know, I saw this image a week ago or oh, something. Yeah. And like, do you see Unreal this? Four? And it, yeah, and it was like Epic's, next, Epic's vision of the next generation. And it's just a big A big lord. monster made of ice. <laughs> yeah, it, oh, It's good that the cover of Edge features full lording. Just complete lord. And I'm like... Doesn't it just say power you, in huge right yeah, in front of it? Power, yeah. So it's just like fucking full <laughs> lord of power. If you, you couldn't have possibly chosen an image <laughs> that would have made me... Less right. convinced the that future of games is happening. might be. You might have seen this cover on Edge or Nintendo Power on or EGM on every video game magazine for, for the last 15 decade. years. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. like, I mean, it's just you might have seen a huge <laughs> fucking boss on a throne. <laughs> God, what was that supposed to communicate? To I me? wanted like, to I make. I wanted to make some fake variant covers because that one said Power. I really wanted to make one that just said Level and had fucking. <laughs> Level Lord, uh, just over the top of it, and well, then, the actual guy. Yeah, and then one that just says British and has Richard Garriott sitting on a throne, so that you just have your oh, man, variant you Lord covers. Yeah, eh, it seems it, it seems like I thought that Edge would take care of it for me just because uh, I yeah. thought about it. But yeah, the future no, of games is Level Lord. That guy's still around, I think. Lording it up, yeah. Levels, a level. I don't know who that is. Oh, he's Level Lord. It's fine. Okay. He made video games. Guy, he still he makes make them. Video games. You defining him as he's a guy who used to make video games. <laughs> well, like a, a single tear falls down Level Lord's well, face, and then in slow motion just splashes on a rose petal. Yeah, but it's in super high def. <laughs> you fucking bet your ass it is. <laughs> Actually, I think he works for a, a casual gaming company that bought. Um, like, what was the company that made Sin and everything that he used to work for? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't do, even know who do know the name is, of the company like, that made Sin. You know, I can't believe I can't remember it either. But they got bought by a casual gaming company, and he worked right. there. I assume he still does. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Level Lord. Weird weird guy to bring up. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I, of, co- you know, I mean of course, again, I'm saying this stuff after this PS4 reveals. Maybe... I'm going to eat all the words and hats and crows, you know. God, Ritual, sorry. Next. Oh, Ritual, of course. I knew it was one of the R companies. I was thinking Relic, Remedy. It's, not, it's obviously not those. But, um, yeah. Oh, they got bought by Mumbo Jumbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was the company that made uh, Myth 3 for Bungie. And then they also turned oh, into a casual crazy. games company. So oh, they yeah. started off oh, in... Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, they, Mumbo Jumbo started <laughs> off as like AAA. Anyway. Oh, huh. Yeah. Weird. Yes. Speaking They're, of casual games. <laughs> oh, God. You wanted so I got my computer back. I so I haven't had access. Oh, we didn't to my do the over under. Oh yeah. You do you didn't. know what the do you know what yeah, the number is? I do, I do. Okay, then we'll play the game together. Um. So I uh, I haven't had access to my computer for more than a year. Like I haven't had uh, my own apartment for the last year, and so I to play games. I've been playing them in the Idle Thumbs office, uh, which has been fine. Um. But I have I got my own computer back like a week ago and I moved into my new place or when I got internet hooked up and <laughs> horribly I looked at, I went through my Steam's installed games list and there were like dozens of games on this you know that were just that have been installed on it just accruing for years so I went through and like went down game by game and just uninstalled the ones that I you know haven't played in a long time and I'm not playing planning on playing anytime soon and uh, I got to the bottom of the list the worst person and the, <laughs> the game that was there was Zuma Deluxe which is a PopCap game published like six years ago, probably. That's also just 
be honest, it's a really good PopCap game. Yeah, it's a good PopCap Whatever. Game. It's a good game. Um, this is ga- this is a game that is basically a ripoff of Puzzle Loop. If anyone knows that, like, arcade game that's, like, spheres run, like, a big chain of spheres runs along a track and eventually goes into just a, you know, hole in somewhere in the middle of the track. And they keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, and they're all different colors. And you have to shoot colored balls and do match three, and then those disappear and make you know yeah create similar colors yeah, like yeah. groups of three in the chain that make them disappear. Sort of like yeah, puzzle yeah. bubble. Or yeah, like it's one like of those. puzzle bubble. If all of the spheres were in one continuous line along yeah. a curve, yeah, moving you're on a in weird the center track. of yeah. basically. A... And so you're you're constantly yeah. fighting against time because you're trying to destroy all these spheres before they reach the hole. Anyway, whatever. It's the it's really fun. I used to play it a lot. Uh, and there's the thing that I like so much about it is there's a, just a really great sense of kineticism. I've talked, I'm sure I talked about this on the podcast like four years ago, disgustingly. Five years ago, probably four years ago. 12 um, years ago. 18 years ago. Um, and it just has, it feels really, really, really solid. Uh, like you feel the physics of these like marble like things kind of running and picking up momentum. And striking one another and this like it feels very, very physical. And uh it's also the kind of thing where once you played enough, you can you can you get into like one of those flow states where you can just see the the whole board kind of at the same time and you're just clicking, clicking, clicking. So you're saying it's a disaster. It's a total disaster. And uh I used to play this game a lot just as like a, a you know because you so this is horrible actually this game um it has 12 levels basically and each level has i don't know five five or something more there's definitely more than that in some of the levels um like five to ten like sub stages within it and i have never completed the 12th and final level in this game ever which is ridiculous like i've gotten to level six or seven in it countless times I can I can blast through like every level in this game without ever losing a life until level twelve, and then it's like fifty fifty whether I make it to level seven and then I never make or like stage seven and then I never make it past there, and so I was and this game is forty seven megabytes. It's by far the smallest game that I own on Steam. And when I loaded it up the the other day after getting my computer back, it was shocking to me because it runs in six forty by four eighty I think resolution. And I have not played a game whose resolution is that low, certainly not on a computer monitor, in two years. I mean, not since the last time I played this game, probably. Uh, and it was, like, bizarre. I mean, it was like I, I thought something was wrong. Like, I immediately <laughs> went into the options to, like, find the resolution thing so I could put it to, you know, 1920 by 1200, which is what I play everything else in. And and it, you know, they don't, there is no such thing as a graphics option for this game. Like, it's just a bunch of bitmaps right it's saying uh, why didn't you download me from the yahoo games portal like yeah, what are you doing yeah. it's a relic from from the era when casual games were a downloadable executable that you would buy from a shady internet site yep. and not what they are now which is facebook games or mobile games or you know things like that um and so it was really weird but then within like 10 minutes i got back into the point where like just every aesthetic aspect of this game became completely irrelevant and it was just this thing that I do. Like it's, like, it's horrible because I feel like 
it probably <laughs> achieves for me a similar thing as like what Dota does for you, except it's the stupidest fucking thing. Like Dota is like this complex game that you play with, you know, nine other people and there's a meta game and there's strategy and there's teamwork and this and that. But like, but you're I'm, like, I'm a frog sure. that shoots marbles yeah. at other marbles. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Like, I'm pretty sure the emotional state we get into in these games is actually probably grossly similar. Do you get angry when I lose in stage twelve? I fucking do. Okay, yeah, I get yeah. very angry. It, playing like you guys saw me playing today, so I don't have a save game on the computer in the Idle Thumbs office because I never downloaded. This is the irony. I could have downloaded this at Idle Thumbs any time. Yeah, in it about was just seven it was, seconds. In, yeah, it, no, it took me under ten seconds to download. <laughs> but now that you're back on it on your computer at home, I, you're like, I'm, was I'm at the Thumbs there, office, right? Got to play it. Like, I download and zoom. This is a behavior with me. Like, I don't seek out. Like, this is the thing. I don't. For example, let's candy, like chocolates, things like that. I don't <laughs> buy them ever, right? Like, but I, if it's there, yeah, if it's there, I'll just just eat all of it. Like, I don't <laughs> buy. Thing, like I can't think the last time in my life I cannot even think of a time I actually like went to the store and bought like junk food I just don't ever do it oh it's good but you if should it just, do it I just don't it's ca- all like, Jake buys it's never a thing that I nerds rope I get excited about like at the store right like it's I don't I just never it's never tempting like I don't ever care but then if it appears like in a bowl at the receptionist desk at the front of, of Double Fine I'll walk by like six times so I can pick up a fucking Twix or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, and that was Twix. the case with Zuma. Like, I, I hadn't, I hadn't played this game in like two years. I had no need or desire. Like, I wasn't a thing I'd resist. Like, it was nothing. I like didn't ever think about it. And then I'm going through my list of installed like, games. Zuma. Once my computer, oh, Zuma Deluxe. I remember Zuma. Let <laughs> me just load this up. Oh my god. <laughs> Three foot long beard. Yeah, it was. It's fucking crazy. Like I. So. Yeah. Hours clocked in Zuma. Many. Yeah. Are we supposed to try and guess? You said. F- I was going to say. Was that a hint? You're gonna, he's going to give a number. Yeah, I was going to say. That. If it's 50, that's fewer than I would like it to be. I was going to say. 125. 295. Okay, no. It's 51. Okay. So it's not, it's not <laughs> nearly as outrageous as. It's not an addiction. That's the thing, right? Like, okay, because I'm at 280 hours on Dota. Right, and you've been is, playing it much shorter. Like, yeah, I don't lesser feel... Time than I have I'm, I'm having real real troubles with that, yeah. just mentally yeah. rectifying that, given the things in my life that need to get done. Sure, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. yeah. But it's it's not... That's the thing. It's not like in it. It's the same with me with, with the candy and stuff, right? Like, it's not an addiction. Like, as soon as... It's the same with me with the candy. No, but it is. Like, as soon as it's not just, like, right there... Once again, like I could go a year and not give a shit. Like it's not fifty so much so f- more f- so fewer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, because it's not. It's not like once I start playing, I just can't stop. The reason I you were so we were <laughs> we were the we were going to start recording, and I like couldn't stop playing this fucking Zuma game, and that's because I want to get back up to the point where I'm at level 12 again because that's where the that's the only place that's the real that's game the game happens it is though because I've beat all the other levels a million times and they're not interesting anymore but level 12 is the one I've still never beat which drives me f- goddamn fucking bananas I have to say um, because I've, I'm sure there I would not be surprised in the least if there are more probably not many but a couple people listening to this who have also played this game were like oh yeah I beat that entire game like the first time I played it because that's how it always is with video games and any large number of people, right? Like, there's always right. going to be someone who's like, oh, yeah, I don't, it's whatever, it's fine. 12, 12, what? Yeah, like, I don't want to just got, it's not hard. Um, because I, I play that, I play the game at such a stupidly pointless, like, level of expertise at this point. Like, I, 
I feel like it would be hard for me to play it more optimally than I do most of the time. But that's obviously not true because I haven't completed it. Right, because you haven't defeated it. Yeah. And so it's... It owns you That still. 12th yeah. board. So that 12th fucking lord... Board. Board. Did, oh, I thought you were referring to the frog. Um, oh, <laughs> I was. Sorry, my mistake. The 12th lord, that yeah. frog. And so it's... And this is the other reason that it's not... It doesn't become an addictive thing is because when I, when I get... When I die on like stage 12-7 or whatever... I'm I'm so frustrated and so irritated that I just quit. Right, and then right. I just don't it's play hard to, it's hard I don't play to go anymore. climb the, so the mountain again. So I can't play the game even for more than like 20 minutes at a time. Most of the sometimes I'll try it two or three times in a row, but like almost never more. Do you than think that. it's a mental block at this stage? I don't know. I genuinely it can't don't get know. that hard. At the that other level, thing that's weird about it is that even though I apparently care so much, I never ever play this just as a game anymore. I only play it when I'm like listening to a podcast like mm. you know like, like well i mean it's not like there's a lot to digest no so i haven't tonight today was the first time i'd heard the music in like even more years because i don't ever turn the music on with this like i you know like i don't ever do that like i it 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 seems i'm only ever going to be playing this as like a counterpart or, something. or actually what it's been recently is it's weird i've gotten in this cycle last week i've done it anno 2070 yeah, yeah. which is a a um City Builder strategy game. Oh, uh, you're playing 2070 now. Yeah. Um, which came out, I think, like a year and a half ago, maybe. Yeah. But I just never... I remember it, you were into the previous game a lot. Oh, a lot. The previous one, yeah, was Dawn of Discovery, which is Anno 1404. That game is awesome. Um, I played that a lot with a former coworker of mine, Sophie, at Irrational. We would play co-op. Like, Are you into 2070 because of SimCity? Did that make? Did that give you the, the thirst for no, city management? No. You know what's funny? This is so weird. Um, I logged into Steam one day and Adrian, our buddy at Valve, had just gifted me Anno 2070. And I'm like, cool. Thanks, man. Like, that's <laughs> awesome. Like, I didn't ask for it. Like, I'm it's cool. Um, I don't know if – I think it was on my Steam wish list. So he maybe just – which is a thing I don't ever use. Right. But I must have added it to there at some point, probably when Valve gave me an achievement for doing so or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So he gifted me that game. That's why I started playing it. It, <laughs> it ended up coincidentally uh, coinciding with um, – with us just managing cities city, all over yeah. the place. But it's also that's also been cool because it's such it serves as such a strong um contrast to how SimCity works. Like I mean, the new SimCity, yeah, I remember years ago when we talked about NO1404, I talked about how just the difference between kind of the North American style city simulation and the and we talked about this maybe in the, even the last few weeks <clears throat> talking about SimCity and the European style city builders. The new SimCity makes that difference even more stark i mean it's like anno i don't tw- even remember what you do in in anno games so anno games are um they're city builders that are principally focused on um economic balance so economic and production balance so you you start off by just making a city center and like a harbor with a storehouse in it and then you start building houses. That right, these games are all about into. like trade and stuff like that, aren't they? Yeah. Um, or they can be. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you start off building houses. People move into the houses. Then the people need things. They need food and they need uh, drink, say. So food, okay, you build some fisheries on the, on the near your harbor. All right. Now they need something to drink. Oh, they needed in the end of 2070, one of the things some of the low-level people need is tea. So, okay, so then you build tea. But to build tea, you need to build not just like the – the structure that produces tea, you also need to build surrounding it like tea fields that they grow. Right. And then it gets more, it gets increasingly complex. So it's like, oh, now you need building materials, but to do that, you need to mine out raw ore 
then you need a facility to process the ore, then you need a facility that uses the iron or, or whatever to turn it into the material. Like, and then as you get the, then once people have fulfilled these needs, they um, ascend up into the next, like they, in the old. It's like a more micro version of some of the stuff you have to deal with in Civ, it sounds like. Um, I mean, like not micro, like micro gameplay, but just like one level of scale smaller, but it seems like. It's, yeah, kind of. Yeah. In the sense that in Civ you have, you kind of, manage like resource types on tiles but like that's the see that's that that's a good civ's actually another good example along with SimCity because civ and SimCity are ultimately expressive in the sense i mean SimCity more so than civ um SimCity, especially and civ to a somewhat lesser degree are expressive in how you create your civilization or your city in the sense that the the style of play is kind of dependent on what your goals are mm-hmm. um so and in SimCity even more so like that, that doesn't even have to be the case like in the new SimCity making a bunch of curved roads is purely expressive and doesn't necessarily have have any impact on anything like there's a lot of simulation going on more simulation than there's going right. on in Anno is Anno more about like survival and or I mean not literally, it's not about literally survival it's but. about maintaining equilibrium and so you can't be all that expressive in terms of how you want your city to function because if you want to support like high income uh, citizens, they need these specific things and that's it. And like, you're just, there's not a lot of room. I mean, you can choose kind of the layout of your streets and like you plunk every individual building down in a way that you don't in SimCity, but there's nothing super expressive about it on a personal scale because it's all going to kind of end up serving the same end. Whereas you can just do crazy stuff in SimCity, like put a, like you could put a, um, a refinery in the middle of your residential. Right, SimCity like, is all about just what happens when yeah, you exactly. do weird stuff. It extends yeah. the simulation as a result of what you do, whereas in Anno, it's your job to essentially prop like up the simulation. Serve the needs of the simulation. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And and so, um, and so, like, so SimCity is kind of more descriptive, whereas Anno is more prescriptive. You know, and, like, Civ is a little bit in the middle, but I, I still think it's closer... You can sort of choose the, what sort of civilization you're going to yeah, build. And yeah, then they, and there's systems yeah. that – and there are things like that in the Anno games. Like there are things you can – like there – you start to have multiple factions that can live – that can sort of coexist on the same island. And like you can choose, oh, I'm going to have more of these guys or more of this other type of guys. But ultimately it's just different names of the production building, buildings. Like it's not – the simulation is not actually reflecting a particularly different – reality whereas in sim city like the way you zone things and the and the um, proximity of of one kind of building to another can actually have a really big impact on the way this the simulation pans out um but i still love the anno games a lot um and anno 2070 is the most recent one which is set in a near future thing where like it's all based around these islands i mean all the anno games are based around islands but this is kind of near future like arcs in the middle of the ocean and colonizing islands and i guess there's like underwater cities which i haven't i haven't built yet um and it's cool this is supposed to be like post-global warming then yeah yeah it's that kind of thing um but it kind of it kind of bums me out because it's like they've made a lot of gameplay improvements that i would want out of an anno game but there's just no way that this sort of relatively bland sci-fi setting is going to be anywhere nearly as cool as the historical ones where you can build a really grand incredible like gothic cathedral or like incredible you know just mm-hmm. beautiful gorgeous looking village like i mean there's just the 
the built-in beauty well, just, of the architectural styles that they yeah the architectural diversity the of actual yeah. human history is not going to be matched by an art director no matter how good they are right and it's not just diversity it's also just quality right it's yeah. like the the ideas that they had for their future society are just not as cool as for whatever reason people actually ended up making right. in the societies that they're choosing to replicate is it um, also i think there's there's something sometimes more fulfilling of the payoff of a game being I've developed this society, this building that I have an emotional attachment to already as sure. just a human being right, well, just, who yeah, is yeah. paying attention the older, as opposed to the sort of surprise of, oh, that's what that looks like. Right. In the older yeah. Anno games, through interacting with the simulation, you've created a thing that you actually can recognize as being historically real. Of Like, oh, I can, right, you can sort right. of project that's how this got It's a difference made. between putting the Golden Gate Bridge in your sim city versus just a, a cool-looking bridge. That's that's true, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's some, there's some sort of payoff to like, oh, yeah, that's, that's what that looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, you get sort of, yeah. And I think there's also, even when, even when the thing isn't grand like that, right, even when it's not sort of a remarkable creation like the Golden Gate Bridge, there's still just something about the just kind of bland, made-up sci-fi thing that just feels cheap like it's like lack specificity yeah exactly yeah. it's just like everything kind of looks generically futuristic that's kind of my issue like with this sci-fi in general no, and why too. i yeah. secretly don't like any science fiction really yeah, it's I, really bad there's very little science fiction the sci-fi actually. that i like is usually the stuff that is more open to embracing the history of human civilization up to that point like mm-hmm. i agree i mean things like children of men i really think are cool because oh, they actually yeah, just sure. show it's it's still sci-fi yeah but yeah. it's no, I agree with that completely. That's like, yeah, I, I mean, mean your favorite fiction, screenshot, yeah. your favorite screenshot, or my favorite <laughs> screenshot of yours from Deus Ex 3 is the one in that house that's just full of crazy heirloom yeah, furniture. Yeah, 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 but then exactly. also there's a futuristic computer sitting next to it because that's right. what an actual mm-hmm. rich person's house would look like in the future. It wouldn't look yeah. like goddamn garbage. Like the lobby of the W Hotel. Yeah, exactly. And like Jake, you and I, we've talked a lot in the, in the past, probably on the podcast, I'm sure on the podcast, about that deficiency in a lot of... Um, visual science fiction uh, works, you know, where the everything, it looks like they just rebuilt entire cities within a year, all of the same style. Right. And then I realized it's even more egregious than that because I was walking around in um, the, the sun, Sunset, which is one of the districts in San Francisco the other day, and the Sunset, unlike most areas of San Francisco, there are huge tracts of it that are just, it's just residential housing for block after block after block of just just two-story houses all next to each other in a row, which is not a thing that, like, most of San Francisco's all a bunch of shit all jammed together in crazy ways. Um, the Sunset is a much more traditional residential neighborhood. And you can tell most of that stuff was all built up around roughly the same time. But the houses still look totally different. They still don't look like a bunch of carbon cut, right? Like, there's right. one made out of wood. There's one made out of stucco or finished with stucco. Right, and then there's, there's a one, brick facade. Yeah, yeah, the brick facade. And like, even though they're, like like, they're all still right. from the Edwardian area. Yeah. Well, but, the, in or area, it's older more like that. mid-century. I guess of, the sunset, yeah, it depends. Yeah, it's, I think it's like post-World War II growth. The mainly, sunset but, and the Richmond in San Francisco are actually fantastic because you start at uh, Arguello Edwardian, Avenue yeah. and then the f- further out you walk towards the coast, you can literally just roll through generations of architecture because yeah. they built west as they yeah, went yeah, until yeah. you get to the shitty 80s stuff out of the edge. Yeah. <laughs> Even the stuff that comes from the same era, though. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know, like no one, sure. people, architects don't all just agree on a blueprint for the next right. decade and all just build from it. And that's the thing that just, it bums, it bums me out in 2070. Like, because I look at all these houses and they all just look like blobs. 
you know, they all just look like that futuristic, like, oh, it's like steel and glass, but it's not, you know, Sean, as you say, the specificity just isn't mm-hmm. there. Like, all it's tough. Yeah. Uh, you. And what, and in a game like this, when there, when I have relatively little, um, expressiveness myself in terms of like creating, I don't want to downplay that too much. Like there's definitely, it's still a player driven game that is simulational and where you drive the, the development and, and planning. Like, it's definitely much more expressive than a lot of video games are, but compared to something like SimCity, less so. And it bums me out that my reward for doing this well isn't a really beautiful city, right? Which is my reward in like Anno 1404, Dawn of Discovery. Like, even if even if I'm just painting by numbers, um, which again is selling it short, but even even like let's even just say that, at the end of the day, I still have a really, really beautiful city to look at. And I just don't really feel that way about 2070, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate because they've done a lot of other really cool things in it that evolved the style. So, I mean, I guess people who are less in it for the reasons that I traditionally am. Yeah, if you're, like, if you're in it for the really, mechanics and not the aesthetic splendor, yeah. 2070 is probably sick. Yeah, and I do love the mechanics too, which is why I'm still playing it, right? Like I've played 10, 12 hours of this and I'm going to play a bunch more still. It's just it's harder to look in on the city in 2070 and just sort of imagine the stories that are existing inside of it too. Yeah, like, exactly. That's like, true. I don't know. Like that's yeah. That was always the thing for me when I watched you play 1404 was mm. just like it just it implies so much just because of what your brain already knows about the things that it's looking at. Even, you know, just like, oh, I, this thing is here. I know from a million movies and history class and art right. appreciation or whatever sure. that this is what this thing means culturally. Whereas it's just when it's just an arbitrary choice, there's so much less uh, going on with it. Yeah. Whatever. I'm wondering what the next one will be because all to do. Anno 3000. Well, <laughs> all of it, it would have to be like 3000. 33 or something because all right now all of the um the titles to date all the digits in them all add up to nine like 1404 17 1701 uh i can't remember all of them but the, the 2070 like they all up to nine and i was trying to think of like i guess they could do 1800 which could be potentially cool but they've done all the other feasible centuries i think in between there's no there's no anno 1930 well i'm just saying then they the digits add up to more than nine. Oh, oh god yeah 1900 i guess you oh no two, you can't do 1900 my, the one that i landed on which would be hilarious would be 2007 <laughs> that was, <that's> the, <laughs> oh man yeah. whatever yeah, god that would anno be 2007 would be so yeah, good it would be amazing exactly so like once i started thinking about the like digits thing and i'm like oh my god there's only one other choice left <laughs> again without just going further into the future yeah. which just becomes oh bullshit. man anno 2007 will never happen but I holy know, but shit wouldn't it be the best yeah. oh man that'd be really good mm-hmm. um if god. they made games that <laughs> are sounds like an it sounds like a used game <laughs> just like like FIFA yeah, 2007 yeah Anno 2007 yeah. just has a fucking soccer player jumping out of the front of it <laughs> um, oh man yeah but yeah the way that SimCity the way that the current SimCity handles the sort of ugliness of reality is really really strong yeah that's great where just it, the different property value the different land values meaning that different types of businesses move in all of which have really nice bespoke art i mean there's Mm -hmm. only there's the hot dog stand and there's the laundromat or whatever but they crumple together in ways that just look like the cheap areas have the really shitty disconnected urban development that just looks like an ugly strip of of strip malls and one-off wiener schnitzels and stuff and Mm -hmm. then it sort of classes up and becomes a little bit more unified but still architecturally diverse and when you're zoomed out it just looks like diversity and that's the thing like in no 2070 they have, you know, every type of building, like every house and has like different 
potential models that it's drawn from. <laughs> right. But they the art direction is so uninteresting that it doesn't matter. Like you can tell that there's difference, but it's like looking at randomly generated noise. It's like looking at right. difference clouds. There's, there's not going like, to be a McMansion not... on the opposite uh, across the street from a hot dog stand in that game, though. Yeah, but it, or or even the futuristic equivalent, as far as I can tell, like it's like, right, like a oh, cyber this dog. one the proportions are a little bit different, but it's all still just <laughs> it's like where Steve goes at GDC. It's his favorite hot dog stand. <laughs> <laughs> it's at Pax, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, cyber dog, yeah, dog classic Steve Gator spot. Yeah. That's where you'll find Steve Gaynor. When Steve lives in Anno 2070, he will dine at Cyberdog or at PAX. Steve will own the Cyberdog, please. <laughs> Proprietor yeah. Steve Gaynor. Oh, one cool thing that they have Founder. in Anno 2070 actually is when you sign it. So they've got this this dumb you play thing. That oh, yeah. Yeah, you play. Which, yeah, which, you play. You play Far Cry 3, right? Yeah. On PC? Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. play. No, I know. Well, no, you it's been, oh, yeah, this yeah. has been a Ubisoft games for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm no newcomer to you. Not to be confused with the THQ you draw. <laughs> I know, yeah. Um, what was that sound? We don't make that noise anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. We're above what that here. Doing? Oh, no. Um, it's, uh, I think they removed, from what I can tell, they removed their requirement that you need to be always online to play you play games, which used to be a thing. Um, and I, it looks like they got rid of that part. You now just have to end, like, activate it when you buy the game which seems totally fine reasonable to me um but um the thing that they when you log in to the game itself um and you're on just the main screen there's these little things in the lower left that are connected to some central server and it's like vote in the fucking future senate race and like choose your allegiance for this thing and like here's the daily mission and you the daily mission is just a a new daily challenge that you you accept on behalf of like one of the three factions and it just gets integrated into your game and you just complete it anytime during that day and you get a bonus and like the senate thing is like this person's running for senate like and if they win this bonus will just be applied globally to everyone's anno 2070 game in the world for like until i guess the next senate election i don't know and you can see like what oops what all the actual other people who have played this game like what the percentages are you know, in, in real time. And I, I actually liked it a lot. Like it felt like a really low impact, purely additive thing that wasn't bothering me. Um, that was, that just added a bit of dynamism to the game and do, also doesn't, it, it kind of reinforced to me the, how unnecessary it is to have an always online requirement for single player game because most always online games don't even in single player games, don't even have stuff that mm-hmm. noticeable, and yet this one still apparently doesn't actually require you to be online the time. All, right, well, the time all of those UI that. elements could just disappear if you didn't yeah, have an exactly. internet connection. Right. The game would be fine. Yeah. And, I mean, <clears throat> they have something like that for that's not Assassin's a huge insight Creed. on mine. It just made me realize that. Yeah, when I, you know, notice it when I played. I think Assassin's Creed on PC has like, like a, a stock exchange sort uh-huh. of thing where you can kind of choose which in-game establishments to invest in and then as people do that like it actually affects their sell and buy rate and things like this so you can get cashed out through your like investments and in-game buildings Mm -hmm. um and i think it's the entire reason it was put into the game is to justify the the on always online-ness of it Hmm. so i think that's definitely at least with ubisoft it feels like that's like a an internal Thing. Mu- I'm sure or it's like if it we're going to keep this I'm always sure online stuff. Is. It's funny because Far Cry 3 didn't really do that. Well, I don't think – I think they, they made a big <clears throat> announcement like six months ago I think or so where they said we're no longer 
doing the always online thing. Right. But they still maintained <clears throat> all of the just general you play authentication, even if you don't yeah. have to be online. Okay. Yeah, you so know that there's, sure that you know there's, there's <laughs> comps somewhere inside of a, a Ubisoft studio that the designer had to make that is Far Cry 3's always online features. They're like gun animal economy. animal skin right. gun yeah, economy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and man, if it was an animal sightseeing club, Maybe the best if they're always yeah, online feature. Club. If their online feature was try and find, this, it was just, the, it was just Pokemon like, Snap. That would be yeah. really cool if it was. If and then it was you just like other people's photos of them. Spawn. Yeah, that spawns like at a random point in your map or whatever. Yeah, you've got to snap a shot and then you yeah. can see. I don't, I don't know, whatever. Want. That'd be fine. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, but then you have to kill it. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> the photo is of you of wearing whatever the animal of the day is as a hat, as a fucking hat. Yeah, with just blood dripping down your face. Make a sick music video of you dancing around with today's kill of the day. <laughs> the game will automatically upload it to YouTube. It's probably in the game. You played, uh, are you done talking about Anna? <laughs> you played Karataka? Yeah, well, actually, do you want to talk about SimCity first quickly to connect it to that stuff? Yeah, I don't have a ton to talk about, but we played, mm. the, sec- we played the second SimCity beta. I know, I was homesick. I know, it was really good. Yeah, and it's I, so good. I, God, it's good. It's painfully good. Yeah, it's okay. So we we did a Saturday stream. We streamed. Uh, huh? I just said, however. However, yeah. Oh, well, you can watch it on at twitch.tv slash idle thumbs. But we recommend that out of the two hour stream, if you want to watch the SimCity part, go to the second hour. Basically jump to the hour mark in the video because the first half hour was us waiting for the data to unpack, which we which didn't is, do. Which is fine. Which is fine. We had some entertaining shenanigans going on. The Second half hour, however, is us battling the shit out of EA's online authentication always on servers. It's like forty minutes. Yeah, it was it was terrible. It was, I mean, admittedly, the beta's job was to stress test the servers. So hopefully, this stuff doesn't hit you. But it, after last week when we were talking about that reader mail about the the hazards of always online, it, it was a sad sign of a future that could be. Even you know, who knows. I imagine, well, and has been. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like I, we, this, I just, I imagine that in that the reality of most people's SimCity experiences will not be the same as the stress test beta. No. But you know that the software is capable of doing what it did to us, which right. is get us stuck in a weird place in the tutorial where our cloud sync went out of sync because the server got overloaded right at that exact point. So we joined over and over and over again, and we're stuck in the exact same point in the tutorial. Jumped to another server that was down. And wouldn't let us into the game at all. And then eventually one of the two servers reset itself enough that we were able to get into the yeah. game. But, oh, man, it was just and always to play online, a single-player tutorial. Yeah, exactly. It and was, Always Online is, is the kind of thing where it is totally transparent and you don't care most of the time until that time when it fucks up. And then it just becomes unusable. And all you're doing is screaming why yeah. to the ceiling repeatedly because it does actually not make any sense. Yeah, because there's nothing we did in that game that needs any information from a network. And it's triply frustrating because that game is goddamn fantastic. Yeah, we just wanted to play it real God, fast. getting into the beta finally and yeah. then oh God, playing yeah. that city. We made a hilarious city. It was yeah. just a disaster, yeah. but it was great. Oh, the, this this last week's beta was the first time that um, that you're able to manage more than one city on the map as well because that was sort of... Oh, yeah, that was cool. Everyone has been raising an eyebrow about the size of the city in SimCity, whatever this is, 5, being smaller... And the trade-off that seemed assumed is that you can manage multiple cities, then you can start managing uh, energy trade and commuting and all sorts of other crazy stuff. Like you can set up park and rides and all sorts of weird shit. And 
just even from people who watched our stream, I saw some people on forums saying, oh, I'm actually less concerned about the city size now because it looks like managing three cities is an actual legitimate thing. And I felt the same way, actually, even just from just starting to scratch the surface of it. No, I agree. It's I'm, really cool. I'm really excited about the idea of making three cities of different types and different mm-hmm. scales and then seeing how they all interconnect. It's really and cool. For what it's worth, that's actually something I do really like about the Anno games, where in Anno there's a map that's that uh, comprises a whole bunch of discrete islands, each of which has its own um, like agricultural capabilities. Like this island can support vegetables, whereas and this one can support rice, but like this one can't support coffee and like whatever. Um, and so you you over time, like as your citizens start needing more and more complex things to to satisfy them, you end up having to like set up different uh, outposts on these different islands, which then end up having their own like housing and, and whole city kind of feel and then setting up trade routes with your ships that can just automatically sail between all of them and like drop off 20 things of wood and like pick up 20 things of coffee and then sail the next waypoint. And like the, I'm imagine I, it clearly won't work quite the same way at all because SimCity doesn't have those same dependencies, but I'm really looking forward to SimCity's version of that. You could you know, tell even from the little bit that's there that just, yeah, the inner Interest or intercity management stuff will definitely mm-hmm. be cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. The best moment in this beta playthrough, though, probably was when we loaded up the the second city tile. They finally included a city oh, that had elevation, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and we were just fucking around with curved roads. And I just made this fat, like the widest road in the beta, this big old highway coming just in. Started it here and then curved it, like started it down on the ground at the freeway, and then curved it up all the way up a hill and just was like, I wonder if this is what, what this is going to try and do. And then it just created the most like majestic overpass where like, like it pylons. actually, it actually goes up and it built all the pylons down underneath it. And then I was able to swoop another curved road underneath it. Underpass underneath uh, an oh, underpass. God. Oh my God. It was the, it was cool. Like actual urban design majesty spawned out of that stupid game. And then I got really mad because it wouldn't let me create an intersection to it, but whatever. It was best. Like you wouldn't, it wouldn't let him make an additional off ramp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah, I know. If that was there. I know. I don't think SimCity has a concept of like highways as distinct from regular roads. No, I don't I think, think it's it probably the reason. Like the an off ramp kind of requires a one. Your city spawn like, has an off ramp, like, but that's and but, that's it. But that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But whatever, SimCity. Check out the stream. I want the, I want to play the full game so bad. Yeah, especially after this sounds really negative, and I don't I don't really mean it that way. But like, especially after playing Anno twenty seventy, and. The reason I don't mean it negatively is because it it is really good and I do like it a lot and I'm going to play more of it. But like just aesthetically being a little bit bummed out about the blandness of the setting and then comparing it to playing the SimCity beta where I'm like this is beautiful in the ways that I want it to be. You know, like it's it's not beautiful in the same way that NO1404 is. Like NO1404 is, is much more overtly beautiful in a way that I also dearly love SimCity portrays a different kind of beauty but it's still one that I think is more inspired than the just kind of futuristic whatever oh also it sounds like the real game will have bigger cities uh, well, spaces is, available is that, for, is that a real I don't thing? know if that's confirmed or not but we yeah, Ryan Davis someone in our so chat apparently. said that Ryan Davis said yeah so we don't know that the full version now you can that. now you can tell your friends that Idle Thumbs said that that someone that in the chat said, said that Ryan, Ryan Davis, Davis said the city said. are going to be bigger yeah. Karatika yeah Ugh. have you guys played <laughs> that at all yeah <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you did play it. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. I mean, yeah. yeah, what did you think? I mean, I thought it was great. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, yeah. 
Which guy did you defeat? The last guy, the third guy. The chubby guy? Yeah. How about you? Same. Yeah. So I, what's, think, what's I think that's the intention for the first playthrough. So, yeah. um, so Karatika is a remake of Jordan Mechner's first ever game of the same name that he made when he was... It's an Apple II game originally, right? Yeah, an Apple mm-hmm. II game. It was a game he made before Prince of Persia that was, I guess, successful enough that kind of allowed him to get the publishing contract with Rotterbund or whatever that does for But it's a... Um, it's a game that's kind of, it's like a it's interesting because it's sort of a proto side scrolling fighting game like it's, yeah. it it came out before the con like the sort of street fighter style of fighting game was actually a standardized thing. And so it's different because you're actually progressing along a scripted path and running into enemies. But then every enemy you fight, you fight them in this like it's a one on one fighting game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one on one fighting game thing, which is it's really interesting. Um, and so the new game is basically the same structure, but it's in 3D. The gameplay is still in 2D, but it's rendered in 3D, and mm-hmm. you can run around in curved roads and stuff. Um, but the thing I like most about it is just how restrained and sedate and nice it is. Yeah, like, I, you no had said that before blast. I played it. Yeah, yeah. And then I was sort of surprised by how... By it being a weird cartoony thing? No, no, no. Just I thought the UI actually and the sort of the the payoff of like victory and perfect fight i thought that stuff was could have been oh i agree i did not they could have scaled yeah, it back more that stuff sure. felt very yeah. sort yeah. of just no no i agree but I'm you're like, you're, you're, you're saying like game? you're saying like I, in I a agree. world in the world of fruit ninja this game is is restrained feeling i mean yeah I yeah mean, yeah well for sure you're just you're running up like you're going all the way to the top of this mountain to save this damsel essentially mm-hmm. and you start off as a warrior and then if he dies um, a monk, second best guy should a monk right. takes his place. Takes well, his place. I, I loved that. I, I thought that was great because I, so I was like, cool. "Oh, I am over." And it's like, "Nope." This monk climbs up. And he's this like, "I got it." That I love uh, this is the thing that I think is so cool about Jordan Mechner, um, just as a game designer. Which is funny because he's really made so few games compared to someone who's been making games as long as he has. Um, I feel like his games always say something mechanically, um, which I don't think you can say about everyone making games. Okay. At least not in this way like i he seems to really like the idea of taking established gameplay tropes and kind of questioning them like questioning the need for them and mm-hmm. then if there is a need rethinking how they're like what the wrapper around them is mm-hmm. um like the he seems to really also play with the idea of multiple lives a lot like mm-hmm. prince of Persia sands of time and the last express are both about kind of revising what you just did to uh, kind of solve the like yeah, just almost infinite problem. chances sort of thing. Or like, yeah, yeah multiple and chances, yeah. right. And um, Karatika is about that as well, but in a totally different way. Like instead of having three lives as this guy, you're, that guy is just dead forever and there's a different guy instead, but there's only three different guys. I read about this and it's yeah. because the original Karatika, if you died, it was game over and you had to yeah, start over right. at the first guy and yeah. he said people wouldn't put up with that at this yeah. point. Like it was, it's a really, yeah, but what every single other right, it's a, designer would give do is more, just, yeah, just have more it's really good that the solution yeah. is the princess or what whatever just, just ends up with the kind of shittier guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. The last guy, she's like, she's happy to have been rescued, but she's, she's totally like, oh, not into him. Yeah, you're the, hmm. oh, thanks. Yeah. 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 But it, what, the thing, it has a great emotional impact because there's the warrior and then there's the monk and then there's a sort of like the brute, I guess. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, I didn't realize that was, and I kind of feel bad for spoiling it for the readers at this stage, but I didn't realize that was the I didn't either. deal. So when I, I, they, talk about, they talk about that hard in the marketing for the game. For oh, what okay. it's worth. You know what killed me was the, the hawk. The hawks are so hard. So the first hawk <laughs> just killed my guy. And yeah. I went like, oh, oh those Wow. Yeah. Oh, I survived a long time as the first Right. Guy. So the first hawk just killed my guy. Yeah. And then I went, those hawks are ruthless. <laughs> like, you cannot yeah. touch the hawk. Yeah. So then I was playing. I played as the monk almost all the way to the end. And um, I felt really bad. Like, I was playing as this monk. I was like, you're not the guy I had before. <laughs> So I was playing as him for a while, and then I was like, "Ah, oh, you know what? This monk though, he's better. His like <laughs> his his ultimate. He's like you can get like a like a you have a charge power up, a yeah. charge up. Fuck that other dumb guy, whatever. And he does this really like elegant like like bicycle kick where like as he comes down on his feet, he's like in perfect prayer. It's right. fucking awesome, and it's just oh. So I. Was Your voice is really good for talking with you. Just fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I really loved it. And so then I had forgotten about the previous guy. And I was like, this monk is the, my, is the dude. So when he died, like, and he died right at the end. Monk. I was so upset. And I was like, look at this fucker. This fucking beefy. Big ass. Dumb ass. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's wonderful, though, because it, 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 really it makes is. you have a relationship with your with just your, your video game life yeah like, yeah, yeah in a way that i hadn't who have almost no a, i mean and that's what's so i can't think of another that. game where i really felt that way it's and the thing this is just another thing i appreciate so much about jordan mechner is i think the reason that is so successful or one of the reasons that's so successful is just because of how much the game doesn't try to do like there's no voice acting which i i love which would have ruined acting, yeah. it i think if there were or at least made it much less interesting um like the music is really subtle like the music's actually a, a really nice gameplay point. It is. So like, oh, it is. You're when right. a guys attack you, they yeah. sort of attack you with, with uh, certain like notes and rhythms, <laughs> and then so it's all, all real time mixed as stuff happens. Yeah, but those are <coughs> when a guy comes in to fight, you've already heard his his combo mm-hmm. like as a few notes, mm-hmm. so you know you have to block to ta- attack. Right. So you know sort of like the number of strikes and the rhythm of right. the strikes. Oh, crazy. That's in really your cool. Brain. So it's like, it's like, it's like you hear like, do, 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 do. And then the guy's like, oh, oh. you know, so it's <laughs> yeah. like, it's really all you very gotta, subtle. Like, block, block. Yeah. Block. And you have to sort of like, yeah. is yeah. like internalize yeah. these ryth- rhythms and beats. It's all, it is kind of like a rhythm fighting game, I guess. Well, and it, but, uh, it, for me, it captures all of the stuff that I theoretically enjoy about fighting games without any of the bullshit that makes me not ever want to play fighting right. games. Like I don't, I really don't, I'll, I'll play a fighting game and just button mash and whatever. And like, and have fun. But like, I would never play one on my own time if it's not what the other people with me would want to do, because I just don't mm-hmm. care about learning a 16 chain combo. And like, I, I just don't care about any, like mm-hmm. I couldn't be less interested in that. What, what the things I do them? like about fighting games are just like block, punch, react, like simple patterns, um, quick reaction, like all the things that Karataka actually cares mm-hmm. about. I'm like, yes, this is the distillation of the things in fighting games that it's I think. Chris are Ramos cool. Karataka. <laughs> it's just it. It feels like it gets the essence of the genre without any of the stuff that just gets too like indulgent. I guess for me, you know, and I know people who are like high level Street Fighter players would say, well, no, that's not indulgent. That's where the depth comes from, and that's totally fine. Right. Like, well, this isn't a competitive game. Yeah. No. And yeah. right. And it's but. But there are elemental aspects of fighting games that I enjoy. Just no one ever makes games that are about those things. Right. And this one is. And so I really appreciate it. Is it available? It's iOS, iOS. only? No, it's, I put it on Steam. Oh, it's on Steam as well? Mm-hmm. 
Is it really on Steam? Is it Chris? really? Yeah. Is it I seriously can't. on Steam? Unlike the room, I actually have played this to complete. I had not played the room, so I was. It's on Steam. I was think I was thinking of this game. There's another game that keeps coming up on Steam, and it's the something, and it's also like a small scale game. The Cave by Time <laughs> Productions. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like pencil. If you've signed on a Steam in the last couple of weeks, it shows up in the rotation all the time. And it's like there's a pencil pencil sketch that's their thing. And I think that's maybe what I thought the room was. Anyway, Karatika is definitely on Steam because I actually played it all the way through on Steam. So I know it is. It's great on iOS. Yeah. It's really, really good. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I liked it a lot. I it Sweet. I really liked it a lot, too. I loved it. It was really compelling. Mm-hmm. Like, I just kept playing it. I felt... Yeah. It was, like, that only happy moment I had in five days. Because I was so... <laughs> I was Ouch. fucking sick, dude. I was really fucking sick. Uh, playing Journey with Startled Jake was, awake in the middle of Playing your, J- Journey with Gabe Jake was Newell, the other, just, like... Yeah. Playing yeah. Journey was fantastic. That wrecked your fucking face, didn't it? Oh, man. Yeah. I... <laughs> I somehow was so good. That's I did the best games I played last year. Yeah, I didn't. it's the best game last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Journey's <laughs> Journey was fucking good. It was crazy. I didn't. People told me that it was short, and I didn't expect it to be as short as it was. Mm-hmm. People also told me that it was incredibly meaningful, and it was not as meaningful for me as I expected it to be because of that. But that game was incredible. That game, my face was not uh, attached to my face during the majority of Journey. <laughs> His face was somebody yeah. else's face. It was someone yeah. else's face. It was yeah. Nick Brecken's face grown in a plastic mold. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Which, as you know, is a face of surprise. <laughs> If every time you were surprised, wonder. your face just, <laughs> just flashed a gross <laughs> Nick Brecken, like, extrusion. You just, you just hear this word, avenge me. And it, it is. <laughs> but, um, fuck Journey. That game is amazing. Oh, hey. congrats, Journey. Congrats, Journey. Um, I, I don't even know what to say about Journey because I'm sure a million things have been said yeah. about Journey. It's a beautiful game. It's amazing that it's a game that's, like, where just... It's called Journey, so it's dumb to say, but just the act of progressing physically through the space is as, is, is as important yep. as it is. Mm-hmm. Especially at the end of the game. Holy crap. Like yeah. all of the all of the puzzle stuff is fun and it's fine. Like, I mean, it feels like flower plus Shadow of the Colossus-y stuff, kind of, sure. I guess. But yeah. I don't know. It, I'll it, take that. It was really fun. But the last like fifteen minutes of that game were just, just like, oh, they're out mountain. of control. Or just yeah, yeah. My God. Should we go through explaining what Journey is at this point, or are we past the point of needing to describe Journey? I mean, we should talk about it a little, a little bit, bit, I guess. Yeah. I mean, Journey's the third game from that game company, who are the guys who made Flow and Flower. Um, <coughs> it's a third-person game, but it's I don't know. I got it. It's a sort of third-person, experiential, very atmospheric, puzzly type game. I mean, it does feel like the team eco stuff to me a little bit in that yeah, it yeah, is just – You're a lone character in a very sparse – Traversal and platforming and exploration. It's also, yeah. it's also marked very much by reductive design, which the eco games are. Yeah. Like that's the thing that is – I think that's like last week maybe when I brought it up. Like that was the thing that made me not, – it's not the thing that makes it a great game, but it's the thing that makes me – want people to pay attention yeah, the to the only it. things that are in journey are the things that journey needs yeah. to do what it's trying to do mm-hmm. like it's just there's no weird cruft in that game yeah and with the exception sean as you say of the of those kind of ui combo element things in karateka that's kind of how i felt about the actual game experience of karateka as well which is the i yeah. think the reason that it yeah that it really there's no feature in that game if you took anything out of the game the game would not exist anymore yeah, yeah. but yeah. The, the actual experience of journey is just simple as all hell and another in, in a way that also does really remind me of of 
of uh, Eco and Shadow of the Colossus, but it's mm-hmm. just you start on a sand dune with nothing other than you can see a mountain way off in the distance, and the game doesn't really tell you anything, but you imagine since it's called Journey and you're playing a video game, you should just move forward towards it, and then it's just overcoming all the weird things that fall in your path on your way to this mountain. But by the end of it, it's just wild. The last... I don't. I mean, I don't know the the stuff in the snow where you're just like trudging against God, the elements, yeah. and like your guy is slowly getting crusted over with with ice and just wind and just you Did look. You guys ruined. have another character. Yeah, that happens the all the time. Yeah, the, that's what I wasn't sure about that. Yeah. The the other thing about I mean the most amazing crazy thing about Journey to me is that it passively is a co op game where you're wandering through the world and then just from off camera somewhere another character walks in. And I had heard about it before because the game's been around for a while. And I think, Sean, you'd heard about it before, too. But we questioned for a second whether or not it was an NPC or a real human being just because of the way they were acting until it just becomes apparent. Because you were, like, hitting circle and you're like, boop, boop, boop. And the guy would be like, boop, boop, boop. And you're like, boop, 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 boop. Boop, boop, boop. So you're just talking with this right. circle. Like, what are we doing? And you're like, then, okay, it's a real person. Yeah. And then yeah. – so you – you have this feeling that kind of, of thing exists in dark in like the demon souls dark souls as well and like yeah 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 it's and it's really effective it's <laughs> yeah it's so crazy to be on this what over the course of this game that's only a few hours long feels like an increasingly just epic and personal mm-hmm. like personal monumental quest that you're taking this guy on to just have a companion show up and just be walking forward with you through through these things or just only then to either have them leave you behind or for you to leave them behind uh is crazy it just makes the whole game feel like this weird pilgrimage that a bunch of just anonymous yeah. faceless people are taking together and then at the end of the game it lists the uh oh, psn yeah. it lists the psn that. usernames yeah, yeah. of everyone you've encountered so you never you never have the ability to communicate to them you never know their username you never know anything about them Until um, that point, and yeah. then it just says here are the people who you'll never meet but yeah, here are their God, names so good oh um, it's so the thing i was actually asking i, I mean it may have sounded like I was asking whether this game had multiplayer, which isn't what I meant to add. Like, not what I meant. I meant at the very end of the game, did you walk through the thing with another person? Oh, at the very, very end? I no. think, no, we were alone. We were trudging, okay. we were trudging through the snow yeah. with another guy where it was like, this is our buddy. We're in it to the end, going up, this, up the mountain. Yeah. But then he got wrecked by one of the, uh, one of those big sort of swoopy guys yeah. that spies on you yeah, with the yeah, light. Yeah. Like I got destroyed by that guy earlier. Mm-hmm. Like my whole, yeah, yeah, yeah. my whole scarf was deleted so that yeah. by the end I was with <laughs> this like scarf epic scarf Lord. And my guy was just looked, <laughs> looked like he just dropped in from nowhere. Right. But then that guy got totally fucking wrecked cause he wasn't hiding at the right point. And it was, it was sad, but also secretly cathartic because I felt like the biggest chump for getting ruined by those guys earlier. So then <laughs> that guy's giant scarf. So then that, that guy was, he was face. like, yeah. he was taking the lead through that entire sequence where like he hid first and then I would yeah. run into the place he was hiding and stuff. And then I was like, no, no, what are you, what are you doing? Oh my God. And like the light turned red on him and then just, <laughs> and just saw him got yeah, rocked. Saw like we're about a hundred yards away. Like, I was like, oh, no guy, we're at the three hits the last row. Oh no, no. Yeah. Just go on this, get out of there. Because mine was He's the exact opposite of that. That's that's why I ask it. That's so funny because mine, I had been alone for a while at the end. And then I was playing with another person like just we we're just on the couch playing, you know, handing mm-hmm. the controller back and forth. Um, and uh, and so but like we had lost our companion a, a while right. back. And like as and then in the last like 30 seconds, someone just joined up out of nowhere and then it was just the two of us walking side by side through the thing at the end and it was it's i don't know why but it was the most 
resonant, like lasting image that I've had of a video game in years, probably. I mean, years. I it is such a strong memory in my head, and I have, and I know that there's nothing intentionally meaningful about it, and that there's not that the game doesn't engineer that, and that there isn't any direct like causal um, circumstance that I can ascribe that means anything, but I can't erase the fact that it's a, that it's somehow meaningful because when it happened at the time, it felt so momentous. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing like that is just, that game is that really good at creating that in general. Me, yeah, exactly. And that, that feeling for me is what makes that game so important and so resonant. Not that it has anything specific to say, cause I don't think it necessarily does, but that it provokes, that kind of reaction where you think that there must be some meaning somewhere. I mean, that's just, yep. that's just such a rare thing in games. And I, I think the more it's just so rare to see a game that has a bunch of like cutscenes and dialogue and authored story and lore and this and that, that ever actually achieves those moments. And then something like journey does, at least for me did all, all over the goddamn place. And even something on the total, I mean, it's, you know, not nearly as resonant in the same like sort of transcendent way, but still something like Karateka, which is just the straight, most straightforward, simple, dumb story ever about uh, some guys trying to rescue a princess. Like it's not, or whatever, like damsel in distress. Like it's not a deep story at all, but I can't help but feeling that if they'd put a bunch of words in there, they couldn't have done anything but make it stupider. And like just keeping it this sort of elemental, simple fairy tale allowed the thing to transcend beyond the, the the really simple almost nothing right. story that it is you know and i feel like that's just it lets your brain put a lot more meaning into what's going on like you can yeah. put yourself into and it put and specifically put non-concrete meaning in. and that's the thing i think i think that a lot of people who write games have this belief that game that the the type of meaning games must ascribe has to be this very specific kind of meaning that's associated with traditional narrative works. And like I don't think that's the case. Literal or like yeah. overtly symbolic. Right. Or represented, like very directly representative of like, yeah. Uh, and I don't think that needs to be the case. I think a piece of music without lyrics in it or even with lyrics in it where you don't even understand what the lyrics are because they're being sung indistinctly. Because it's like a Latin choir. Can, <laughs> <laughs> gross. Um, can still be very meaningful even though it's not a, a, a a an authored specific story in the same way that a film or a novel or something yeah. is. I'm like I I think game, I kind of wish games would just get over that, or at least more of them would, because with very there are exceptions to this for sure, but the the exceptions are relatively few for me of games that try to tell a super duper authored prescribed story, but still hit that same level of resonance as yep. a, as a game that that doesn't try and and, and do that. One other thing about Journey, I guess, is that we talk – it sounds like we're talking about a lot of the game and, I mean, we kind of are talking about the end and beginning and middle and some <laughs> of the mechanics of it. But it's a really dense game. I feel like if you feel like other people talking about Journey is a reason to not play it, you are incorrect and you should play that game because there's mm-hmm. there's never a two-minute chunk that is the same no, as the two-minute chunk that followed it or or preceded, preceded it. 
Yeah. Just, There's no repetition. Yeah. It's just other than just experiencing other than just the movement. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the the core mechanics stay the same, but the the experiences that mm-hmm. the game the gives you just yeah. beef beef to beef. <laughs> beat to beat. No, that's oh, it's right. beef to beef. It uses the PlayStation Beef to Beef network to clearly beef nu- uh, numeral two. Yeah, beef to beef. beef to beef. Journey beef to beef. Do you guys hear that um, beef to beef is going to be paid in the next? Yes. Uh, the next yeah, console? I'm not. I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah. Yeah, they're trying to monetize your beefs. Yeah. Gamify your beefs with, <laughs> with Journey. God, <laughs> you're doing so good. Ah, uh, whatever. Beef like to beef. Gamify your beefs with Journey. <laughs> Journey is the last game in which you can gamify your fucking beefs. Journey is the game that makes you feel like all of humanity is in it together to overcome great odds on personal beefs. Those beef burritos supreme brought to you by Journey. (laughs) Yes. God. Journey 2. Burrito supreme. We don't know what's coming out on PS4. Revealed by Jeff Keighley in this exclusive preview. (laughs) What? Like, God. Who's they just, all left that game company, and then that was what happened to the Journey franchise. <laughs> just the fucking worst. God. Oh yeah, my your, your plastic Taco Bell cup includes just a majestic desert landscape, and then you peel the Journey guy off, and it just says, it just says cinnamon it? twists. <laughs> <laughs> but that also unlocks cinnamon twists in Journey, so it's probably worth it. Yeah, that's one of the new characters, new playables. Cinnamon oh, twists. now <laughs> cinnamon twists is your guy? Yeah. Oh, that's true. I mean, it's such a reductive, it's such a very, like, like very simple, elegant character design that it would be pretty easy that's to just true. replace it's it with just, a cinnamon twist. It was inspired by a cinnamon twist. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> Our character's cinnamon twists was inspired, I should say, TM. by Burger King. No, I was looking twist. at Taco Bell. What, what are we talking about, Burger King? I don't fucking know. What, is that a real thing? I a cinnamon was, twist. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a real Taco Bell, oh, Taco Bell dessert item. It's delicious. Whatever. We're eating cinnamon twists at GDC. Catered. Well, the character design was originally based on the 7-Up Dot, I heard. <laughs> so, nice and simple. Here's the thing about Journey. If your guy was fucking Cool Spot, it would still be amazing. It would be a little less amazing. It would be less amazing. It would be a different amazing. Okay, how about this? What if everyone... It would amaze, but... In a reason, like, what, if, but... what if everyone is regular Journey guy, but like one out of a hundred rolls, you're Cool Spot? <laughs> So that occasionally you're playing Journey and you've been meeting these guys who have been like sewing their own scarves and then suddenly just like wow. cool spot fucking surfs in. When fucking like whenever like Ray Bans. What if the person who's playing that character doesn't for them they're not rendered as cool spot. So I prefer for, other... for them they know they're cool spots okay, and yeah, then right. they start just like wow like bugging out <laughs> and like they only slide down sand dunes. That's the only thing they do. They try to spend as much time as they, they possibly can like surfing down dunes. Dune. Yeah. Huh? How do they get? How are they doing? They get to the bottom of the sand. You need one of those dogs oh, to like pick you up. Jet those... skates. <laughs> no, one of those. One of those uh, tartan dogs. One of those. One of those things. Do people know what Cool Spot is? Are people listening going to know? People what cool know Spot what is? Cool Spot had his own Google. game for the Sega Genesis. Yeah, <laughs> made by Virgin Interactive. Yeah. Cool Spot. What? You didn't play Cool Spot? It was cool. Oh, oh you didn't have consoles. Yeah. Oh, I was at the same time. I see. That, yeah. The, the, you're the right. The Noid game came <laughs> out at the same time. The way that Cool Spot would get off of the dune is by riding one of those little flying carpet dog things. Yeah. That's in that's in Journey. Yeah. Except that he would obviously have like a way cooler pose, and when he swooped past the camera, no, he would surf it. He would. Yeah. He'd he would sur- surf the carpet dog. He'd surf it for sure. Yeah. But like, if he goes past the camera, there would definitely be a flash across his sunglasses. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. His tongue would kind of come out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Wave. 
Yeah. This is the microtransaction future of games, I think. Well, I mean, it's just if they're looking what if they and I'm sure they are. I think they're wondering journey, how to continue to monetize the Journey franchise. Yeah, Journey brought to you by the Uncola. <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> I would play that game. You definitely would. Why would I not? I've already played Journey once. Now I want to experience it in a whole new way. Yeah. With Cool Spot <laughs> by my side. <laughs> Think about how more, much more impactful the end of the game would be if your guy was there. And then, and then you were about to sit down at the very end and then a fucking Cool Spot walked up and sat down next to you. Think about that. Just winks like that. turns around, takes off his take, shades, take, winks at the camera. I don't know what's under those shades. I think it's just a spot. But like, <laughs> yeah. what if what if he like drinks a Seven Up down to the <laughs> at the end, and then it just makes a ding sound, or like he's what if he sp- throws it over his shoulder and it cracks your screen? Like there's an effect, <laughs> <laughs> and then it doesn't get real. <laughs> I don't know. What I would say that's probably what I would say. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And this sounds really good. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Does anyone here know anyone at Sony that we can pitch this to? We find no, someone to. Mm. Yeah. We can only assume that every journalist who is an actual journalist and who is at the press event tomorrow is just going to immediately come to the same conclusion as we have. Well, maybe <laughs> yeah. the classic Idle Thumbs. Maybe we're predicting like, yeah, Journey maybe. 2 right now. <laughs> classic Idle Thumbs prescience. Journey I mean, 2, cool spots. We tend to be a couple years out, so maybe this is maybe this is second generation PS4. Mm, when does the year of the PS4 be revealed? Because I know... Well, we're still a few years away the from PS4 the year The PS4 is coming out two years before the PS3 truly... Journey 2 is going to be the final game for the PlayStation 3. In 2015. Yeah. yeah. It's going to close it out. The same way that I imagine the un, the unfinished Cool Spot 2 was going to close out the Super <laughs> Nintendo and Sega Genesis unfinished area. swan, and then I got that confused with the Uncola. No. Oh, <laughs> man. The Uncola swan. Sony has a really specific Yeah, we got, we got the, we got the experience time. incorrect. What's <laughs> actually going to happen is you're going to play the unfinished swan 2, the Uncola swan, and you're going to throw a paint splotch. <laughs> And then it's red, actually. And it's going to it be cool, fucking oh, it's cool spot. red Mountain Dew? No. It's, oh, wait, no. You, thro- you throw... Cool you thought black, that you were... Thro- no, Cool Spot's red. He's the red dot in the center oh, yeah, of the logo. Yeah, right. He's got that's black dull. shades. Yeah, that's right. Black arms and legs. So it's not... You're not throwing balls of paint. You're throwing liters of fucking... No, you're throwing balls of paint. If you're throwing liters of soda, then it's the Sprite commercial. We got to get our soda brandings correct. The Sprite commercials are the ones where... I wasn't referencing a commercial. I know, but I am. <laughs> get, the, get your shit together, Chris. I think it's time for a break. Sure. Bye. Are we back? Yeah, we're totally back. All right. Are we back? Yeah, we're totally back. All right. Are we back? Yeah, we're totally back. All right. Tom Kidd writes... Hi, Tom. Oh, we're doing Reader Mail now. FYI. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think it was to be assumed. Uh, How do you know that I wasn't just telling a story about where someone named Tom Kidd writes something? You're right, Chris. I didn't. Thanks for clarifying. Tom Kid writes mail sometimes to people. What does Tom Kid anyway, have to say? Anyway, off to, on to reader mail. Um, <laughs> Clint Samak writes. <laughs> what? Wow. No, poor Tom Kid. <laughs> Sorry, Tom Kid does indeed write. Hey, thumbs. I listened to your episode where you mentioned the receiver, a seven-day challenge game that chose to focus its energies on modeling all aspects of a gun, right down to taking multiple button presses to reload. My question is: Do you think this game would help or hurt the debate on violence as it pertains to video games or the general gun to violence debate going on right now? The thing that Jack Thompson's and David Grossman's of the world are always alleging is that video games turn children into trained killers. Simply playing a round of Call of Duty 12 or whatever will give them the skills needed to shoot up their schools, the implication being that this wouldn't happen if the games didn't exist or such actions would be less effective. The argument's always been pretty crap if for no other reason than aiming a gun with a mouse or controller doesn't really have much bearing on being able to effectively use one in real life. But a game like The Receiver illustrates the other part, that guns aren't easy to use by their very nature and that just playing some game doesn't mean you even know how to load the thing. 
It might even make for a decent argument that low-capacity bullet clips like the ones in the game might actually curb violence because of the time and effort involved in reloading. But then again, the receiver might just wind up being ammo for the other side of the debate, since critics could point to it as further fetishization of gun culture in modern society. The fact that someone decided to model guns and gun usage in such detail. What do you guys think? Thanks. Keep up the great work, Tom Kidd. I just want to point out that I wish this game had been called The Receiver. <laughs> it's Is it the called, entire reason? It's just read? called Receiver, but yeah. I love the receiver that's way cooler um <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know i think, I think, I think the game is i'm glad that this game exists yeah of course for that reason because i <clears throat> i don't i don't think that it would be practical or likely for every game or even more than a few games to deal with gun usage the way that receiver does but i think it's kind of shameful that it's such a tiny percentage that do because so, so, so many video games are centrally about guns, not just contain violence or have guns used in them, but are about nothing else basically other than shooting people with guns. But that's kind of, it's an interesting kind of like mental exercise though, right? To imagine a Call of Duty game where it was concerned with like keep all the content or keep all the stuff the same like mm-hmm. the amount of guys you can shoot sure, the amount yeah, of yeah, yeah. you know all the sorts of experiences oh, that happen to players plot yeah, right stuff, yeah. but if everything down if every single aspect of gun use including its like the violence created mm-hmm. was the entire goal of the game was about replicating it to a t mm-hmm. but it's still celebrated like just violence in the same way yeah. would be pretty grotesque. Oh, it would be completely grotesque. It, even more so than it already is. Yeah, def- I agree. Yeah, and that kind of puts you in a weird spot, right? Yeah, but that would never... But I mean, that's the reason that's only ever going to be a hypothetical. Right, because of course. The, the that's why it's that a mental game, exercise. Because be, like, to present that hypothetical game, you had to say, oh, but imagine everything else is the same. The whole, the whole way those games are made is by making everything exaggerated and ridiculous. Right. You know, not just shooting a gun, but like the stakes in a conflict, like the mm-hmm. the settings, the well, plot, just sort of like, like what everything it, like, about yeah. them is like completely bonkers. The reactions of people who are being exposed yeah, to violence, yeah, everything. Ev- everything. Yeah. Um, but I, but there are, you know, like um, relatively hardcore tactical shooters that are a lot closer. Yeah. To something like receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, but just in general, the way guns are represented in games, like the vast, overwhelming majority of the time is completely ridiculous. Yeah. I just and don't think those that's get, true like, of movies yeah. as well. I, the only reason I, I bring it up specifically with respect to games is because guns in, in movies, the vast majority of the time are not like a central thing that the principal character is constantly using minute in minute out for hours on end like just uninterrupted and that that's true of a lot of games and it's it's very 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 rare for games to take a more uh, yeah. accurate look at how guns are actually used yeah no, i mean i don't think there would be any i mean i i, I can a game that decided to do that i don't think would see a lot of cultural backlash because i don't think that game would be very successful <laughs> no and that's and that's <laughs> you know like, what I mean? no no i mean well and we know that yeah. it exists and it isn't but i mean um also there are as I said, there are tactical shooter games that are a lot closer right. to reality, Armor but those too. games don't yeah. tend, yeah, those games don't tend to break through to the public consciousness right. because they're ironically for the same reason that games, games like, or for the opposite reasons, games like Call of Duty do, uh, do, which is that 
Call of Duty is accessible and bombastic and easy right. to sensationalize because by nature that's what the game is. It's right. entirely it's entire, sensationalistic. It's an entire mission. Yeah. Um, and so it's a, lo- it's a lot harder for a game that is by design um, more sedate and restrained and difficult. Um, like that, it's g- always going to be harder to splash that game up on a up on a headline because it's not right. as sexy. Like it's just even if even if it's still entirely just about doing nothing but killing mm-hmm. guys. You know, I mean, it's yeah, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I don't think it would. I don't think these games are going to have any real impact on any public debate. But I'm glad that those guys made receiver. And I wish they'd made the receiver. I also wish that they still can, guys. That's not that's not receiver two. Right, the off. receiver. Featuring cool spot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Clint Cermak writes, Hey guys, how many of you guys are married? If you're married, how do you find a balance between work, video games, and wife time? I've been married for 18 months, and whenever we get into arguments, it seems like she always pulls the you play too much card out. Do you have advice on finding a good balance between games? Or with games? Don't married. play Queen of Pain. Thanks, Clint. <laughs> Don't play as Queen of Pain. <laughs> so um, I have a really easy us. solution to that, which is just... Have your wife teach anthropology 3,000 miles away. <laughs> it's fucking simple. It's super easy. I play whatever I want when she's not around for as long as I want. And as... Are you prepping for adjusting your habits when that is no longer the case? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, like, I'd be interested to see if it wasn't, like, if I wasn't in the industry, what it would mean. Sure. My wife is inherently curious about things. Like she's curious about games. She's not curious about Dota because she's experienced it enough to where she got <laughs> right, right. There's nothing left to be curious sure, about. Yeah. But like, I know like my wife will love Journey. She really, really loved Portal. She really loved. Um, it's worth Limbo. clarifying Limbo, just because yeah. people don't necessarily know. Uh, Sean's wife is not like someone who plays games recreationally no. like she's not no she played like her and her brother had an n64 and stuff like that yeah and her brother's a gamer mm-hmm. which is cool um but we've been married but like chris and candy she did not seek out video games once they were right. no longer she, near her relationship yeah, to games is like yeah, yours of candy, same except that she doesn't just pack oh, right. her mouth full of yeah. video games if also they're I on to clarify the... about my description of myself earlier I may have made myself sound like a weird, super opportunistic glutton. I don't, I'm not actually like. I don't know. I describe that as accurate. Yeah, I don't know. When people ask me what you're like, that's generally what I tell them. Describe yeah. Chris Raymond in two words: opportunistic, opportunistic well, glutton. Because like, well, the thing is, like, if I, it's so Damn, was like, doing a podcast, <laughs> doing a podcast has fast. made me like rethink things, or usually after the fact like revisit things I've said and realize that they might not be received in the intended spirit. Like, they so are like the receiver, if I was just talking. Yeah. Like if I'm just talking to like you, one of you guys just totally separate, I'll paint a picture of me just being a fucking hippo, you know, and just <laughs> vacuuming it. Like, but then people will dredge up a thing I said on a podcast like two years ago as like a throwaway sentence. Be like, Oh yeah, you do this like all the time. And I'm like, I, not really. Like I get. I mean, I phrased it that way. I guess, like for effect. This once. is the most neurotic aside you've been on in quite some time. Well, this is the thing. I don't care that much. Like, but I do. <laughs> but it's it's a it's a weird effect of saying things, like committing things to to a recorded medium, when the context of them is just talking to some friends. You know what I mean? Like it, it ends up putting a weird like retroactive filter that I usually just forget about entirely. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, so that time you told everyone you're a big fat guy, you gotta <laughs> strike that for a record. Well, I mean, people can, see, I mean, I don't really give a shit what people think necessarily. It's more just a reflection that I, that came to mind just now when you, when you brought right. up the comparison, because so if, if you hadn't brought up that comparison, I never would have thought of that. Like I wouldn't have 
ever thought of it again. You know what I mean? Oh, like your relationship left my to mouth candy one time, and then like right. whatever. But it was the takeaway, the takeaway from like, this though is, readers, if you're going to the game developers conference or PAX and you see Chris Ramo, offer him some candy. You really <laughs> throw candy. At he'll him. he'll eat it. Well, this is he won't. He'll follow you home. <laughs> What's well, funny is that it's even more specific. Like you guys know Matt Hansen, who used to work at Telltale. Like he works at Double Fine now, and he sits right next to me. And he has a big candy bowl yeah. next to his desk, and I have to walk past I his used desk. To, I used to walk to past that. The Telltale version. Yeah, yeah, I used to walk past it all the time. I'm so specific. Is that I don't even like See the sour candy. straws in there? I only like really chocolates <laughs> for the most sour, part. Sour straws. And so he, for the last like two weeks, he's had two nothing weeks. but two weeks. He's had nothing but fucking Swedish fish and like What the fuck do you mean stuff? nothing but Swedish fish? I don't what like the fuck's wrong with Swedish fish? sugary candy. We should have never let him go. <laughs> I could be eating Swedish fish right Those now. Those are our Swedish fish. And so I've had to, I've had to pass up the like the Matt Hansen candy bowl for like going on two weeks now because all he has is just like super sugary. Bring those Swedish fish over here. If you can remind me next next time we record during the day, I'll bring you guys a handful of Swedish fish. That'd be really nice. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, That'd be really I'll great. Do it for you. I'll do because I like you guys. Thanks, man. Yeah. We'll stop calling you an opportunistic glutton. <laughs> If you if you show up with handfuls of candy that you stole, <laughs> oh, so that's um, our advice for uh, no. I mean, I don't know. Like, what do you like? A question you have to get. Like, if this is going to become, so, if this is the like, if we're going to have one question that's an advice question, like, you, I, there needs to be more information. If you're playing the same game every night and like Sean, and then yeah, your wife has a grievance. But, like, balance is important in a relationship. And how much personal time do you guys take from apart from each other? Do you guys respect each other's boundaries? Do you, you know, those things are all important. You know, the other thing that makes this, I'm not married, so I'm not, this, I'm not like, in the audience for the answering this question. But still, the thing that makes this weird for me, and Sean, you said, you know, what would, what would, be, what would it be like if you weren't in development? Is that, this is horrible to admit, but we've talked about it on the podcast, so it's okay, I guess, to bring it up. A lot of my game playing time is like out of a responsibility to have played a new thing for Idle Thumbs. And like right. if that wasn't – and also just being a game developer and like you know mm-hmm. wanting to be aware of what's going on. But like if I didn't have any of those other things in my life, it would be pretty easy for me to not spend Yeah, I mean I don't know. It's games. like – it's been hard for me lately just because there's not been a lot of things that have been – being released that really just well, compel me to play them. That's what I mean. Like when you there know. aren't. That's why you're back when in I'm Zoom con- train. Like, at the same time, like so, yeah. when something comes out that like grabs my attention, I'll just go play it. Oh no, me too for sure. Yeah. But but those that doesn't tend to be like a week in week out thing. At this no, point. but I, I mean I think I would hope that I would hope that I would be curious about games still, and I think that curiosity would would probably like come out in my relationship the same way it does now. Like if I find. Like when I discovered Cart Life through the IGF, like, mm, yeah. no, like Amelia was like the first person I told. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You got to see this thing. This thing's going to blow your mind. You know, like, so, I mean, I don't know. We're very similar in that sense, though. Like, if I, like, if I'm not bored of a game, she's kind of like still kind of curious. She's like, well, what's going on? And, you sure. know, like, I, you know, I, like, six, seven hours into Far Cry 3 when I was playing that, she'd be like, oh, so what's going on in that game? Mm-hmm. You kill any more endangered species, <laughs> you know? Like I don't know. We have a good relationship that way, but at yeah, the same yeah. time, like, like I know that if I'm, if I'm like playing a lot of games, like if I'm like sort of like walling myself off, like or isolating myself to play games, it's probably just because I need alone time. Sure. Or like there's just something going on with me. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the games. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Anyway, talk to your girlfriend or wife. Communicate. <laughs> it's the best. I don't know. This means they're not. Th- I don't know. Well, yeah. No, I mean that obviously is the answer. Um, 
Play video games all the time. Yeah. That's Sexy my advice. <laughs> cool. Uh, you guys. Want you don't to- play any games when Dana's around, though. No. Yeah. Uh, when, what do you mean when Dana's around? What do you mean? This is Jake. Or t- what are you, what are we- oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jake doesn't, Jake doesn't play video games when Dana's around. That's true. That's a good point. Sorry. Or <laughs> ever. Yeah, that- I played Journey this week. I, I know, man. City Beta. Played some Pigment 2 multiplayer also on the stream. That's true. When we were waiting right. for hey, you did, you did real good this week. I played games. You, you did super. I, I played am- a little bit of The Room. It's very good. Played some more Middle Manager of Justice. Completed the Valentine's Day objectives. Hey, man. I'm really impressed by you this week. I don't know. Played video games. I'm sorry. It's fine. Are we talking about, oh, fu- we're talking about future episodes of Idle Thumbs next now? Oh, yeah, Closing yeah. out with that? Oh, yeah. Oh, also... I, in terms of oh, ma- there won't be any we're gonna we're gonna be making some promises here coming up so in honor of that i may as well point out that i finally got a new motherboard for my pc uh showing up this week so hopefully it won't crash every hour and a half a which will mean credit card explosion of motherboard new chair and new mm. display oh, with the chair i wanted you to I want, i'm curious where oh my god one that costs on that. more than i wanted to spend but less than the air on so well, less than a thousand dollars yeah about that yeah. um i'll you know if it's comfortable yeah I'll recommend it. dollars it better be real. It, yeah, it better be fucking good. Oh, it's me, going home if it sucks. Let me know if and it's by home. I mean, it's going back to its home. <laughs> um, but uh, so, in terms of making some promises that I hope that I can keep, it might not. I have some, a PC that works now, so I can actually play games. some games that won't die after Steam downloads them or while Steam's in the process of downloading them. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Video games. It's my name. It's not my name. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to be gone next week, but the week after that, special episode. Baftacast. Baftacast. Yeah, Jake so, and I go to the Baptist. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna have to wait three weeks for those Swedish fish. They're gonna be stale. That's fine. I'll eat all the Swedish fish next week, and I'll tell you about them. <laughs> They're on the already cast. fucking stale. That's one of the things I don't like about them. They oh, they taste stale. Have you ever had a fresh Swedish fish? I don't know because I've never had a yeah. what? No, no, you got to give the good squeeze, the good squeeze. You give the bag the good squeeze, and you can Say tell it some more times the good squeeze for I the fresh it. Swedish fish. Fresh Swedish fish. Yeah, but yeah Sean good. and I, oh, against all odds, are going to London for the BAFTAs, which is hilarious. But we're going to, we haven't told these guys yet, but we're hoping to rope in some of the UK Idle Thumbs guys for a BAFTA cast episode. Yeah. Should so be that, good. That might be the cast. That might be episode 97. Yeah. Might be. My first absence ever from Idle Thumbs. Well, we'll Skype you in. <laughs> we won't. You're not, you won't. You might. Also, if any of our readers know where to rent tuxes in London, <laughs> I'm not going to, yeah, I have, I'm not going to be home for a long time, so I'm not renting a tux here in San Francisco, so I have to get one there. If you give Sean tux advice that he takes, he will send you a photo of him in the tux. Yes. Give him the holding a name, holding a, anything you want. Holding today's paper. newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> he will be kidnapped. <laughs> In the ducts. <laughs> Losing my deposit. We got, an, we got an elaborate scheme going, so all it takes is you guys giving us a solid tux rental rec. Questions at idlethumbs.net. Tuxes at idlethumbs.net doesn't exist. That doesn't exist, no. You let us know at on the Idle Thumbs Twitter, at idlethumbs. Yeah. Post or post on, on our Facebook wall. Facebook page. What you should probably do is subscribe to us on iTunes and then let us And then, then leave us a five-star review, review in which yeah. in which it includes tux rental information. It'll probably be scraped by a bot that marks it as spam, but we'll still appreciate it. It's okay. It's fine. Okay. You can also just leave us a great review on iTunes that doesn't mention a Tux Rental and then separately tell us about Tux Rental. So it totally help your friends find the cast. Yeah. By doing that. Other people. Not even your friends. Your future friends. You could give other friends a really useful 
London area tux rental and then kind of slip in and aside about this great podcast, Idle Thumbs. Right. Because then – Actually about this great podcast network, the Idle Thumbs network. Uh, that's true. <laughs> but like make sure to give them that tux info first so it doesn't seem like you're just – it's kind of give, unloading a, you know. Right. You don't want them to notice that you're just shilling for us. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Do you really need help with the tux? You could, in fact, see. You could, in fact, blind. Chris is still going here. Well, no, you could blind CC Sean on that email so he would still get the tux info. That'd be perfectly fine. Yeah. Just yeah. do that. Okay. Get so I think we've. Going yeah. with Sean. Great. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Video games, out of thumbs. See you in London. Well, first, see you next week without I'm not going to be here next week. <laughs> Get out, shame. 5,000. Is it 94 or is it 95? It's 96. <gasps> is it out of thumbs 95?